John 17, verses 13 to 19. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. Romans chapter 12, starting at verse 3. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, Do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment, in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we are many form we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. So we've got God, the church, and the internet. Uh, God's already been at work. I didn't know Adam was going to preach on Romans 12, verses 1 to 2 this morning. He knew that I was going to speak about Romans 3, so maybe there was something there. Symptomatic of uh, human history has been the development of different technologies. Each generation seems to have had a great leap forward in some way. Think of the wheel, the printing press, the wireless, hey Bruce, the combustion engine, or even the silicon chip. And one of the developments that I'm sure that you are aware of and noticed is the internet. Everything is on the internet now. Increasingly so as the government and banks want to save money. Everybody here has used it, either directly or indirectly. The internet is here, it isn't going to go away, and it will continue to develop and expand. Likewise, the church is here too. It also isn't going to go away, at least at a universal level, and it also will develop and expand because the Holy Spirit is at work, isn't he? So let's tonight look at what this internet is, why the church should be using it, and lastly how the church can use it for the glory of God. 
And by using it, I do mean more than just a website with the latest information, the latest events, and the sermons on it, even if they're not updated frequently. Before we continue, however, I must warn you that, alas, I do have to talk about myself, something I don't really like to do. And it's probably the best place to start so that we can move on quickly. I started doing this in 2007, but before that, in 2003, I had a stroke. And I was stuck at home for about six months. And I couldn't really go to church. I could go out for a couple of hours a day. That was about it. So I figured, how am I going to get on with this church bit then? And as time got on, I developed some sort of thought somewhere in my back of my brain. I do have one when I don't stub it. So in 2007, after Mullins, I started, from that date, I've had about four million individual folk come through, visiting to read, etc., there's been about a close to about a million people listening and downloading. And during 2014, I probably had communication with about a million people, either directly or indirectly. To quote John Wesley, the world is my parish. And if I can do it, anybody can. I'm not the smartest tool in the kit, whatever that saying is. And those numbers that I gave are small compared to some folk. As for Facebook, as you know, I'm on there, or most of you do. I have an accountability team on there who are quite willing to tell me off if they see something inappropriate that I've put in there. And so with that, that's enough about me. Let's move on swiftly, shall we? What is the internet? Well, it started in 1957, and it's a worldwide system of computers that are interconnected from around the world, obviously. And it's really taken off in the last 10 years. People today can get the internet using their home computers, their tablets, even their mobile phones, except here where it's difficult to get a mobile signal on top of a hill. And with the increase of this communication, it should be no surprise to you that internet communities have been quickly formed. And these internet communities can be and are a model of social interaction. Look at the social networks or gatherings of people from around the world on the internet, Facebook or Twitter, which is for twits. And of course we have one lady who's not here tonight, but I'm sure you'll recognise her from this picture. And she says, Facebook, giving silver surfers the ability to completely annoy and embarrass their children and grandchildren in a way never before possible. I won't tell you who that assistant pastor is. So Facebook and Twitter, they're social networks or communities based on the internet where people can interact and communicate with each other. A bit like Bruce's men's group that meet on a Thursday morning. But they they meet in a sealed room, not online. So what happens on the internet in a minute? 204 million emails. Half of them are Adams are unanswered. There's 3,300,000 pieces of information shared on Facebook. Over 4 million searches on Google alone. 87.5 million hours on Skype. And 139,000 hours of YouTube. So much going on 
And we as the church, as Christians, need to be involved and even leading the way in the development of the internet. Why? That's to come. But first, can God interact on the internet? Because I know some people think that he can't. We know from Scripture that it is the presence of Jesus in people's hearts that makes the church. It's not a building with four walls. Jesus promised that where his followers meet, in his name, he would be there. And guess what is here tonight, isn't he? The church is the continuation of Christ's anointed people by the Holy Spirit. God operates within the hearts and minds of the people by his Spirit. And community can be described as a harmonious collection of individuals. I think that was Augustine who came up with that. One of my um, long-term friends from a long time ago. And this most certainly describes an internet community where a group of Christians are meeting. People interact with other people all the time. If people can do that, then certainly the God who is outside of time and space is able to interact with them. I know people who have come to a living faith in Jesus on the internet. So yes, God indeed does interact with people on the internet, even with those who deny that he does. Okay, our next question. Why should the church and Christians use the internet? To our reading in John chapter 17. There's a saying in the church which I'm sure you are aware of. In the world, but not of the world. This is the passage where the idea comes from. However, perhaps it would be better to rephrase it as, not of this world, but sent into it. Because that describes us. If you're a Christian here tonight, you are not your own. You are Jesus Christ's treasured possession. You are to be on a mission. You are to be on a selfless mission. A mission for God. There's a mission to tell the world about Jesus and how people can come to love him and serve him. And this mission is to be done with selfless love, isn't it? Does that describe something that you've, you're doing or have done in the past? Or you will do at about 8.30 from tonight? The internet can help you and this church facilitate that mission. Have you prayed as to how God can use your imagination and skill? Particularly on the internet? Whether you want to be or not, you've been sent into this world on a mission. The church is asleep and it needs to wake up. Because Jesus is coming back. Isn't he? He promised he would. May the Holy Spirit lead you and open your mind and your imagination to the possibilities. We may not have a God who is imagined, but we have a God of vast imagination. We're all different here, and some of us are more different than others. And don't let lack of knowledge and understanding stop you. Ask, seek, knock. Here are the words of Sarah, a friend of mine. Her words, not mine. She was an atheist, but we've moved her on to being an agnostic now. 
Dave gives those who have lost faith in the hypocritical idiots who supposedly are Christians that attend church. Their faith in Christianity lack. Many could learn from his honesty, but I fear they never will. Dave gives those who don't have access to church, either by not wanting to go or not able to go, he gives them a place to seek what churches should be providing. So we are to go on the internet or to the high street or both. Are you ready? But how do we engage on the internet in that mission? That's how Romans reading. They said, I didn't know Adam was going to preach on Romans 12, 1 to 2 this morning. As we heard from Adam, God has a will for each of us. Part of discovering that specific will for us is in our serving of him. To enable people to serve God and other people, each of us have spiritual gifts. Part of the Christian life is that each of us has these special abilities, gifts and talents. We have these gifts, each of us, because of God's amazing grace toward us. Here Paul only lists a few, but there are more. That is how we engage in that mission, using our spiritual gifts. Who has them? All Christians have spiritual gifts, for in his grace God has given different gifts for doing certain things well, says Paul in verse 6. God, the Holy Spirit, through his infinite wisdom, mercy and grace, bestows the gifts that belong to him upon Christian disciples, including me and including you. How are you using them? There's no such thing as retirement in the Christian life, is there? And what's the purpose of these gifts? These gifts are to be used primarily to bring glory to God and to extend his kingdom here on earth. No other reason. They are opportunities for Christian disciples to serve other people and to serve God. And if these gifts are not being used for God's purpose, then they might as well be just flushed down the toilet. They're meaningless. If each of us here is serving as we ought, using the gifts and talents that God has given, then God is being praised and his kingdom here on earth is being extended. We are one body, the church. We belong to each other, even if we don't particularly want to be. Each of us has gifts, given by God freely to those who are following him. We have them due to his generous grace upon us. We don't have to use them just in the church here. Use them on the internet. You can do it. This is a busy church. The things you do may not have space here in the, in the church timetable. So use them outside of here and including that on the internet. You may be retired, as I said, but your gifts and talents haven't retired, have they? There's no such thing as retiring from the Christian life. If you need help or you have some ideas, ask. I'm not that scary most of the time. And thirdly, we're to go in love. As Paul continues in Romans 12, to have a gift or gifts is a sign of God's love for you. And if you're not using them, then you're basically turning back his love, aren't you? Therefore, you are to love others, all others, even those you don't particularly like. 
And if you and I are doing things after God's own interests and the welfare of other people, then you really do love other people. We are to really love people on the internet and away from it. People can smell fake love in an instant. Whether you're on the internet or not. And if you're doing things for your own interest and your own welfare and patronising towards others as a means to manipulate them, then guess what? That love is fake, isn't it? Why do you do for what you do for God and for other people? Is it because you're driven by your love for God and love for other people? This is love for others without pretense or hypocrisy. This is real love. It's getting your hands dirty kind of love. As Christian disciples, we are to be seen to love others more than any other people. So why are churches half empty? Is it because they're not really loving? On the internet or on the, or on the high street, we are to love. And you can show you love God by using your gifts on the internet to encourage others. When you're on these things called Facebook or Twitter, are you using them to show your love of God to others by loving them? Are you encouraging and uplifting of others in need of a gentle or kind word? We are to love and serve people wherever we may find them. Love and serve people as we come across them on the street or on the internet. How is your love for others doing And how are you expressing that love by using your spiritual gifts and serving? Um, An email I had from a a lady called Sue, and I just ran this by Dave just now. said, have you heard of this lady? He said, yeah, yeah, I know. And he said, uh, she she writes, dear Pastor Adam, just wanted to contact you to let you know how much Partakers Wow Church Online has and is encouraging me. Living in a country town at the outback of Queensland, Australia, and having a fair few medical issues, they make it hard to just go out whenever I want to. I found the ministry that Dave has is perfect. Um, I've been a, been a part of Partakers Wow Church now for at least a year. And I find it so refreshing to be able to meet with other believers from all over the world who identify with what it's like to be in my position and to pray with me and for me regularly. The teaching and format are great. They make me think about God in a new and deeper ways. I found this ministry such a benefit I meet with God and fellowship uh, more times during the week as I can access this in my home. And even um, when I'm confined to my bedroom because I'm not well, I'm able to get that uh, fellowship. I've been a Christian for 30 plus years and I'm very committed to my own local fellowship where my husband and I teach Sunday school every fortnight. So I certainly don't see Partakers Ministry as a substitute for going to my local church, but rather a brilliant added extra. It's encouraged me to grow in God, um, uh, more reach out and explore my giftings in the body of Christ. Step out and share the gospel, share with people I perhaps may not have thought of talking to before. The other thing that is so important to me as a Christian is the element of communion. And when I'm feeling poorly, um, being able to share communion online has brought me such comfort at times I've really needed it. Thank you so much for supporting Dave and Youngmi so that they can bring partakers, wow church, to people like myself. Kind regards, Sue Johnson.